Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. Addict named Jessica B. My clean date is July 2nd, 2017. My home group is Friday Night Clean in Bradenton, Florida. May 7th. Powerlessness and the second step. By admitting our own powerlessness, we open our minds to an entirely new idea. The possibility that something greater than ourselves might be powerful enough to relieve our obsession to use drugs. It works, step two. Our literature describes how the second step helps us to fill the gap created when we admit our powerlessness in step one. If we are powerless over our disease, what can we do about it? For many of us, simply seeing there are other addicts like us who have lost the desire to use is enough to open our minds to the possibility that something might be able to help us too, even if we don't know what that something might be. The catch to accepting help from a power greater than ourselves is that we have to stop exerting our own power first. Practicing powerlessness over our disease means that we stop trying to manage and control it. So many of us have shared about trying to limit our using, hiding our stash from ourselves, using only certain substances or on certain days of the week, and many other ways of trying to be clever or tricky enough to outsmart our addiction. If anyone had success with those types of tricks, they're probably not NA members. Yet. That's the way it is with addiction. If we try to overpower or outmaneuver our disease, we're bound to fail. It might not even happen right away, but eventually we find ourselves surrounded by unmanageability, wondering what happened to our well-laid plans. Rather than exerting great control over ourselves to behave in highly predictable and consistent manner, we let go of the illusion of control and open ourselves to a power from elsewhere. Unlimited examples of experience, strength, and hope are available to us when we share with other addicts in recovery. Rather than trying to go it alone, I will rely on a power greater than myself. All right, welcome back, Ronald to discuss the spiritual principle of day with our guest, Paul M. What's up, Paul? Hey, Douglas. Saturdays with Douglas and Paul. How exciting. I'm uh, glad to be part of this initiative. So this is May 7th. This is the day before Mother's Day. And um, I've been thinking about my mom lately a lot. I'm looking at the uh, Julia Child cookbook on my my desk right here. That's mom. That reminds me of mom. So I just... um, you know, it, moms are, are, are tough and wonderful all at the same time. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my recovery is because of her willingness to move away so that I couldn't use her to stay clean. And that must have been very powerlessness for her. So um, just thinking about her today. So anyway, let's get into it. All right, folks. So we're we're and thank you for sharing that with us, Paul. So we're t- we're going to pivot to powerlessness in the second step, 
we're looking at uh, the 7th of May. And so the big picture, as Paul mentioned on Saturdays, Paul's going to be rocking and rolling with us. He's going to be sharing um, on this reading, his perspective and experience on these readings throughout this initiative for the year. And so, uh, so Paul, please share powerlessness in the second step. Yeah. Um, so for me, the second step is about open-mindedness. It, it, it refers to, in the opening thing, it says we open our minds to an entirely new idea. And that new idea of staying clean was revolutionary. When, you know, when, when I first got clean and someone says, you don't have to use ever again. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. How does that work? You know, I thought maybe I just don't want to use right now because there's all kinds of shit going on and there's stuff and i by the way by when i say i don't want to use it i meant i don't want to shoot dope i don't we're not getting into alcohol i mean i have i haven't drunk anyway in a while anyway but i because i'm shooting dope all the time you know what i mean it was very specific as to what i was powerless over and i think the concept that open-mindedness to see total abstinence as the way out was revolutionary. It was revolutionary in the 12-step movement, and it was revolutionary for me. You know, before us, they focused on a substance. And I think we don't give ourselves the credit that is due to Narcotics Anonymous for the, the shift in 1953 and, and before, but the shift away from something outside of us to something inside of us that was all encompassing. And I, I tell you what, for me, that's why I don't go anywhere else. I don't have to go anywhere else. Not that there's anything wrong with anything else. I, this is not an anti anything else. Right, the, the comments will start filling up. What the hell's Paul? <laughs> yeah, this is not, that. that's not that that has value. All of that stuff has value and their literature is great. And there's all kinds of good stuff going on in other places. My father was a member of Overeaters Anonymous uh, until he died and was and worked steps and all kinds of stuff. So all of that has absolute value. But for me, the idea that this was all encompassing and it still is encompassing today, 27 years later, I haven't thought thought about shooting dope in a long time doesn't even come up in my brain anymore which is a miracle right just saying that shit man just yeah. saying that is like look yeah. getting clean it's not, you, even, it's not it doesn't even i don't even think about it yeah yeah and you get getting clean it's like hey when, 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 and i identify with that when, when when i heard hey a day at a time you don't have to get high again period like you you're that's what? it like you're, you what? can I was thinking definitely like that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had not seen any examples of people who who got clean and, and like, hey man, this is this is like a new way to live. Like there's some freedom, like you can do that shit. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I was surrounded by it. It wasn't just the using, it was the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by the lifestyle. And I've been out of the lifestyle for a long time, but I have not been out of addiction. I can show you my credit card bills that I am not out of addiction. I can show you my food intake. I am not out of addiction. I can show you my <laughs> screen my, history. My, my I am not history. out of addiction. <laughs> I yeah, still, man, food, sex, and money, right. <laughs> I still have 
things that I, I don't think it's battle is the right way, but I still have things that I must be vigilant about that I still have to look at. All right, so back to the second step, this idea that something outside of us can fix what's inside of us. Um, it was never drugs, but so, but maybe there is something outside of us. But is it really outside of us? You know, that's a whole theological thing, but I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into that. But there are, and here's the thing that I get, we get so lost in uh, on the second step. Higher powers come in all sizes and all names. I got clean the first time, February of 1988. It was a couple of weeks before Mardi Gras. And I didn't know how to stay clean during Mardi Gras. It just was unheard of to stay clean during Mardi Gras. And they said, bring your, um, what do you call it? Uh, sleeping bag, come to the clubhouse. And we're gonna, that was a, it was an NA clubhouse called the R Place. Bring your sleeping bag. We're gonna stay here over the weekend. And then we'll go out and watch the parades together. And then we'll come back here. And I stayed clean. And it was a higher power. I was with a group of people. We were all doing the same thing. We were all doing it together. We were all watching out for each other. And it was, it was marvelous. It was like an eye opener. It was like, oh my God, that's the open-mindedness. And look, here's the thing. I don't remember because it's, <laughs> it's a long time ago and I'm, I'm 61 now, but I don't remember, but I am sure that there was a moment that I thought, oh no, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. There was a moment that I thought, I, I can't, I can't, I don't, not because I didn't, not because I didn't want to stay clean, maybe, but I would be, I would have been scared. I wouldn't have thought, oh, they don't really want me. Or, you know, that kind of, you know, that how we discount ourselves right. first. You know right. what I mean? Like we, oh, we can't, we can't possibly want one. They don't, they don't, they're just saying that. Yeah. They don't really want me to be there, especially when you're first clean. You have no ability to see that you have any value. Mm -hmm. And so, they said, come on, come on, come on. You got to come. It's going to be great. And that little scintilla of open-mindedness that allowed me to say, okay, I'll do it. And look, if you're new and you're listening, just have, that's the only amount of open-mindedness that you need. Just that moment where somebody okay. says, come, come, come get coffee with us. Hey, come, we're going to go eat after the meeting. Oh, hey, we're going to go, um, we're going to go to this dance that they're having for an egg. Come with us. And look, okay, that's it. That's it. Just okay. say, okay, yeah. I'll do it. Even though everything in your being is going, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Because it is. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. we're scared. We're scared that we won't be enough. Paul, let me dig in. Let me dig in on something here because yeah. I feel I feel like I feel like we so many times discussions lead around to to folks in the second step about you know this restoration, this you know this God, this higher power, you know, and then we we kind of confuse it with hey, look, I need this specific deity that I grew up with and things like this. 
Yeah, and it's I, a theological discussion. Right. It, it becomes. <laughs> it does. It really does. Yeah. And, and, and so I feel like a lot of us, we, we tailor our conversations to people coming in with zero experience or zero, like, um, um, maybe belief system and all that stuff. But what about what about us who come in with a history of growing up in the synagogue or growing up in the church or growing up in the, you know, wh wh whatever that is, or we have this knowledge of, and I know yourself, you're well-versed in this and that and this, you know, what about folks when we're getting clean and we have that knowledge, that requires some open-mindedness too, to, to say, hey, no, 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 you're not fitting this. So fuck it, I can't listen to what you're saying. Like, how do we navigate that? And, and that's my story. I was, listen, I, I was, if I, I may have at some point become a priest. It was very common for gay boys to become priests because, you know, that, that, that's what you did. You didn't have to get married, you could become a priest. And, and it was, look, and my, you know, I hear people in meetings say I'm a recovering Catholic. I was not a recovering Catholic. I was a practicing Catholic and very happy with my Catholicism. It, like I tell the story, in church was fine. I was good in church. Church was okay with me. I didn't get picked on in church. I had a job, I did stuff. I was an altar boy. I read on the altar, I gave out communion. I did all kinds of stuff. I went to Catholic school. And when I stepped out of the church onto the playground, that's the dangerous place. That's where I got hurt. That's where I got called names. That's where I got beat up. So church wasn't a bad place for me, but it was insufficient for my recovery. And I know that because I went to live in a monastery when I relapsed because I knew NA didn't work because I'd relapsed. And I went to a monastery and I lived there for two months and I did not get high. I prayed five times a day. I chanted. I did all kinds of stuff. It was a Catholic Benedictine monastery. That'd be a good look for you, man. It was. It I was. I, up at 530, worked, ate three times in silence, didn't talk from Friday till Sunday. It was, I, and I stayed clean. I didn't get high. But here's the thing. As soon as I drove off the grounds, the same day I drove off the grounds, I got high again not even intending to, ended up wanting to get a haircut because I hadn't had cut my hair in two months. Went to a friend's house. He said, you got money for the haircut. He said, but we could spend the money on dope. And I said, that's a great idea, let's do it. And I could not pray the gay away and I couldn't pray addiction away at that point. I needed a program. So this is not a theological discussion. You can have all kinds of theology when you come in and you do not have to give it up. You do not have to. There are plenty of church going, God fearing people in Narcotics Anonymous. It is fine. We have a wide tent. What we all have in common is the inability of ourselves to stop using drugs. And this second step says something outside of you can help you with that, a power greater than you. That's it. We don't care what you call it. We don't even want you to name it. I always say this, talking about it is a little weird. It's, it's just weird because it is so personal. It's so personal. But you, you find out whatever that is for you and use it. And, and be so open-minded to know that there's not just one. There's all kinds. There's the meetings. There's the fellowship. 
there's the functions, there's the steps, there's the traditions, there's the concepts, there's the podcast, there's all kinds of things that are greater than me, helping me to stay clean. And that's it. That's all we're looking for. And look, here's the thing. Here's the other thing that I, 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 I've gotten to. The second step and open-mindedness is I don't know. That's what that is. That's what open-mindedness is. Because before, closed-mindedness is I know everything about everything. That's what closed-mindedness is. Second step is open-mindedness is I don't know. And we listen, I don't know about y'all, but I had the idea when I got here was I have to know everything about everything. It was how I didn't get more publicly humiliated. People called me faggot in school. So I had to be fairly knowledgeable about everything else so I didn't get more humiliation. And so I got the message very early that you can't say I don't know. And I know that it's purveyant among straight people too, because I have 200 employees and I'll say something in a meeting and nobody will raise their hand to ask, I don't understand what that means because they're scared to say, I don't understand, or I don't know. So that's a purveyant around, uh, that's everywhere that everybody says, I don't know. They don't wanna say, I don't know. It's okay. And here's how I know it's okay. Because in the third part of the serenity prayer, it says, God grant me the wisdom to know the difference. So wisdom comes before knowledge. Wisdom is to know what you don't know. Knowledge is what you know. Before you can know things, you have to know what you don't know. And what I don't know when I get here is how to stay clean. The second step helps me with that. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste, and God bless. Mm-hmm.